Hi folks, this is Eric Barnett, and you're listening to Songs of the Unsung. Songs of the Unsung is a podcast where I talk to fellow singer-songwriters about their influences, their musical background, and the process. We also host a monthly original songwriter showcase at Freehouse Brewery. The next showcase is January 23rd from 2 to 5 p.m. and will feature Dan Riley, Chris Dodson, and Scotty Oliver. Scotty is also this week's guest. He's a really interesting guy. We talk about his band Blue Sphere, his solo album, Accent on Wine Whitehall, in which he's a co-owner, and also his baseball career. So enjoy my conversation with Scotty, and be sure to come out to Freehouse Brewery on Sunday, January 23rd from 2 to 5 p.m. and see him play. Hey, Scotty, how you doing today? Doing well, Eric. Thanks for uh, having me at your at your uh, podcast. Thanks so much for being Secret here, Secret destination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> undisclosed location. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, for those of you listening at home, this is in my house. Um, a lot of people will build a little home studio and then they'll start taking all these pictures and say, I'm in the studio. And it's like, man, I think that's probably your guest room. <laughs> but I'm not grandiose in that way. It's We're just in the guest room here. Well, this uh, is the best darn guest room I've seen. I, it's it's good. Uh, Andrea is very supportive in letting me take the biggest bedroom in the house and put a lot of instruments in it. So it's very good to have a supportive wife. <laughs> well, it's always good to plug your better half too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so I, I first met Scotty, uh, went over to our buddy Fleming Moore's house, and he was having some music in his backyard. He said, uh, you should really meet Scotty and Tommy out here, and went out there, met you, and I mean, your wife's considered your better half, but Tommy's, there is part of a duo as well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he kind of came with the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's always been there, you know, he's uh, yeah. he's my brother. We, we grew up together since That's we were- That's awesome. Little kids, little kids, yeah. Awesome, and I and I hope to have uh, Tommy on here eventually as well, and for sure, yeah. But uh, so I met you two, and you did a couple songs together, and uh, you gave me your CD, which was in rotation in my car for the longest time. Oh Listen man, to it. that's great. Oh, it's 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 a fantastic album. Sounds great. Thank you so much. And I remember asking you at the time, I saw it was in made in like 2015. I was yeah. like, did you do the whole thing? Did you do the tour and all that <laughs> stuff? <laughs> I wish, I wish, you know, that you, you always uh, hope that that's the case, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it was more like a pro, like an art project for me. It was uh, just something that these songs were written and they just needed to be put down on record. And yeah. um yeah, I don't know. It just it, it happened. There was no agenda really. It was just um, at, at some point you have these collections of songs, and and if you're not letting people hear your artwork or you're not putting your artwork out there f f to see, yeah, it, does it really exist at all? You know, and in that kind of idea. So um, again, the wife was super encouraging about, hey, yeah. you, you need to do this. You know, Good. there was a long time where I I wrote a lot of songs. Yeah for another band or, or for, for Tommy or for yeah. um, that purpose, never s sang, never tried to sing. Really? Um, okay. So there was a point in time when Blue Sphere had a hiatus and different band members were living in different parts of the state. And uh -huh. it was an opportunity to, to kind of 
you know, you don't, you don't want to let the guitar go to the wayside. You want to keep <laughs> sure. working on your chops. Yeah. And, and well, there was no, no one to perform songs. So I just started singing, you know, and yeah. just, just kept working on it and got to the point where y you have a decent ear. So you really know what sounds good and what doesn't. Sure. And I was tired of it sounding crappy. So <laughs> <laughs> I just worked on it. And, well, awesome. and lo and behold, these songs came out and I've always, you know, like anyone else who writes songs, you, you want to hear what it sounds like with its fullest potential Absolutely. per se. And, um, and I had some amazing musicians that were willing to give me their time and energy and heart and soul. And it, it I feel like for, for the amount of time we spent and the amount of money we spent, I yeah. mean, I was over overjoyed with the outcome and the, and the final product. So, well, we'll get into the album here in a minute. Let's uh, let's backtrack a second. Sure. I generally try to do a decent amount of research on on the folks that are coming on the podcast, oh, just because. <laughs> uh, no, but but here's the thing: I couldn't find a whole lot about you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's by design or not. It's not like I went looking really deep. I'm not sure. a stalker one yeah. bit. But basically all I was able to uh, drag up is uh, originally from Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, grew up in Columbia, yeah. Uh -huh. um, not born there, but definitely most of my living Okay. early on. Okay. Yeah, um, originally born in Massachusetts. Oh, right on. How long? Uh, uh, two. I was there two years. My family moved. Ah, so that really doesn't right. count. I so mean, I, yeah. in South Carolina and Columbia, 1979. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Two years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So Columbia, and obviously at some point in Columbia, you met Tommy. Yeah. So, you know, your parents buy a house and you, yeah. you have neighbors, right? And um, we had a little cul-de-sac and... When you're growing up and, and you have, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids running around the neighborhood, you play the sport and whoever's kid has the best yard, right? So yeah, at, we sure. were at the base of the cul-de-sac and we had the biggest backyard and my yard backed up to Tommy's house. Right on. So all the kids would always play sports in my yard. We play football. And the day I met Tommy, so we had, uh, my, my mom had the clotheslines and the uh -huh. like, you know, hang the towels on the clothesline and we had to meander and navigate around the the poles uh -huh. you know, on the part of the football field well part of being the little kid in the group and on the neighborhood is you always get picked on you always yeah. get kind of beat up so they yeah. would intentionally lead me into the the past so that <laughs> i would you know in the yeah. looney tunes variety you know fall down the sliding pole right whack it in the there pole, yeah so one day that happened to happen and and when i finally came to and i looked up and tommy was there kind of helping me yeah yeah <laughs> and that's kind of how we met i mean we were just neighbors and um excellent yeah that was way before music way, way before, before music. way before music even started yeah that's awesome that it like started that way and then friendship formed and eventually music came along when did music come along for you probably about five years later okay um we uh tommy's dad had a great drum set in the house great record collection oh, and yeah we were never to touch it either <laughs> okay so when we would leave, we would, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, he he'd have the headphones set up so you could play the drums to the records. Oh, nice. So he was a drummer. Yeah, and Excellent. um, Excellent. and so well, we had the drum set. Now we needed something else. So, yeah. um, I had a weird uh, situation happen between sixth and eighth grade where I was immobilized. I had to have casts on both my legs. Oh wow! Uh, had a weird uh cartilage thing that needed to oh. grow back but that's yep. for a later day sure um long story short to kind of buy the time my mom bought me a guitar 
Oh, it was like, oh, you yeah. know, this will, he's going to be, you know, sitting on his butt for a while. Maybe yeah. give him something to do, keep him from, because I was very athletic. I want, I was playing. I was keep always Keep you from outdoors. getting up and breaking the doctor's Just orders. Keep me yeah. from like going, you know, insane and <laughs> right. driving her crazy at the same yeah. time. So, um, and her brother, my uncle, who I was named after, you know, played guitar and I always, you know, kind of was always drawn to the guitar. Yeah. So, um, when she got it, I was excited. I worked hard at it. And well, now we had the guitar and now he had the drum set. Yeah. And we were neighbors. Yeah. So there you go. We put the, you know, amplifier in the garage with the drum set. Uh huh. And we just started pounding on the instruments and at probably at a 10 or 11 years old. What was the what was the music you guys were listening to at the time? Um, we were it's funny we were listening to a lot of Journey. Okay, yeah. Um, a lot of rock like um, power rock like that. I would say um, what else stuff? I mean, honestly, stuff from like Smokey Robinson because okay. of his dad's records, sure. you know, and then all the way up to you know Tommy was a big Journey fan, big Steve Perry fan earlier sure, on. Sure. Um, well, obviously, so, due to the age, like his parents were probably you know, late sixties, early seventies to right. mid when they were coming into their own. So yep. you were, and I was yeah. listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac and a lot of, so I brought the Crosby, Stills and Nash, Fleetwood Mac, Jimi yeah. Hendrix, kind of Woodstock ish feel. Yeah. And Tommy had the, the soul music and yeah. a lot of all that stuff. And it all just kind of meshed in. And we tried to just play what we play. First of all, play what we could, right? Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> play two chords that we could pound out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but instantly we always tried to make our own sound instead of try, hey, let's learn this song. Sure. Okay. Like for whatever reason, it yeah. was not a conscious decision. Yeah. It was just like he was on the drums. Tommy yeah. would play drums yeah. and I would play the guitar and we would just make noise and hey, that kind of sounds cool. Yeah. And he always sang. Uh-huh. So and then we would always just chase melodies. Sure. We'd find a melody, chase it, write a song. And so we yeah, we wrote our first song. He's two years older than me, so uh -huh. he was thirteen, I was eleven. Yeah. Oh and wow. We just, okay. We've, been, songs we've been writing songs since then. Yeah. And we still play a few of those that we wrote. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Man. So it's it's been fun. You know, I'd say ours our music was more like our emotional outlet, like a way yeah. for us to not yeah. go to therapy to have to it was yeah. like free therapy. So sure. we would we would just write and uh, help us deal with whatever issues we were having to handle within yeah. our own households because yeah. uh there were many you know and that uh -huh. was our way to kind of get that out and uh a lot man, of people don't fun. realize especially if they didn't grow up playing music the ability to plug in an electric guitar and just make a glorious noise as a teenager yeah as bad as it sounds to everyone else i mean it is it's a thing it's an endorphin yeah. rush it's a it's such a thing. And, you know, a, a similar situation myself, you having, having somebody nearby where the two of you, it's a hangout, your friends Absolutely. first, and then you're like, there's these instruments here. Let's, let's bang on them. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah. at the end of the day, everyone knows it, you know, it gets, you get tired of playing an instrument by yourself with no one there just to yeah. bounce ideas off right. of. Right. I really enjoy um, working with people and, and finding out what we can do and where this can go and, and just just i yeah, love molding the clay on your own you're just limited to you know what you come up with and right. then when you add somebody else to that equation it's like it's a synergy thing it takes you places that neither of you would go on your own absolutely when we, awesome. we use that word a lot synergy it's um it's that unspoken energy that we can yeah you know and, and musicians know when they have it 
that chemistry, you're like instantly, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, two plus two equals five is definitely a, <laughs> an equation for that sort of thing. Uh, it, it, was there some point where you added a couple more guys? Did it turn into a band at that point? Yeah, so we um, we went through a few, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, band mates, um, <laughs> band directions. Yeah, yeah. Um, the common theme back then, we, so we... <laughs> Tommy and I used to work at uh, Harris Teeter. Our first job, we were back boys. All right, yeah. Um, and we met our first drummer and bassist. They were brothers. Okay. And they were these tall, lanky guys, blonde hair. Like, but they were on the, you know, um, oh, Green Day vibe, like yeah. the kind of the yeah. you know that that style of rock. So they wanted to play that that pace of music. Yeah. Yeah. And and Tommy and I were coming out of the journey in the Fleetwood Mac and like yeah you were you were the more old soul grooving. stuff move you know yeah, and they yeah, were like yeah. current music we were sure. still lost back there with our parents records yeah. and um so we we started a band um called Phoenix uh -huh. and which was originally me and Tommy we were before you know it was sure. just drummer and guitar and then we added yeah. the guys and we played it and they hated the name they wanted to change it and <laughs> it was this constant like power struggle sure um. Yep. But we needed a bass player and a drummer and it was like yeah. well we had a gig and played a gig and it was cool um and now so, what what age was this high school early high school so so what was the gig then so we played this dive bar in five points called clyde's was it clyde's yeah clyde's um maybe it wasn't clyde's no i can't remember what it was called actually anyway it was an old staple in five points on harden street uh -huh. and um you know, Tommy's dad was our biggest like promoter. You go out there and like, yeah, these guys are awesome. These guys are awesome. Booked us a gig. When you know, when you're 14, you don't realize you're supposed to play three hours, right? Yeah. So yeah. we showed up, started <laughs> early, oh, and played 45 minutes, and we were like, all right. Yeah, and it was like eight eight thirty. Wow. And the wow. guy there like came up and was like, hey man, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you coming off of your second set, and we we're like, second set, yeah. So we got back up there. We played it again <laughs> <laughs> right on. but it, it was great and was uh, it 100 percent original songs at yeah that we point? did i think we did one cover we, we, we it was like a, a tongue-in-cheek uh we took a um an elvis presley tune blue suede <laughs> shoes and kind of put our own spin on it okay um but tommy could do that crooner style of singing Absolutely, even back yeah. then so yeah. it was fun but yeah most of it was original and so we wow. we rocked it out and then we booked they booked us again and we hyped it up we practiced real hard we had a longer set we yeah. showed up our drummer shows up to the gig and he's like hey man i got really bad tonight it's in my ear and my um doctor says i can't play tonight oh wow okay like 10 minutes before like 20 minutes before the show um <laughs> and so we're like uh all right <laughs> so we literally revamped it to more of an acoustic style yeah. and um on the spot on the spot and pulled it off and it was horrible i mean it was great for what it was worth because it was you know we made it happen it was the best you the show do. must go yeah, on yeah, right yeah. and um that was our first having to deal with like oh it's not going to be a perfect gig we're going to have to yeah and no one panicked we'd got through it but at that point <laughs> the band obviously was like we're not going to do this with these guys anymore you can't play a gig you know he's not yeah. tough enough to yeah we were hard man we well that's also <laughs> that's also an age where you're just like 
oh man, we're going to hit the big time. We're going to do this. We're going to go. This is, this is it. Yeah. I'm drawing this band logo on my notebooks and yeah. And, and one of those, like, I forget what they're called, but it's the, the high school version of the sororities. Um, our, our high school had it and it was yeah. kind of like their little club and yeah. they would book all these, um, events during the, the yeah, year like a planning committee or yeah and they would yeah they yeah. would hire us to do these like yeah so we played a little um gig out there at like uh, williams bryce stadium out there yeah. and a little like pre-game stuff but nice that was this high school man that was um, yeah i mean but it's very formative i mean it's and then I, i'll tell you what ended up breaking up the band originally and this is probably um i don't know if you found this when you were digging around on me or not but um <laughs> i had to leave columbia and come to charleston because i got a baseball scholarship to play at college charleston so i i didn't I, pull that up so that's what originally brought me to charleston and yeah. had to kind of put music on hold okay was um i grew up wanting to be a professional ball player so Wow. Okay. Um, got involved with in that early as well um, on top of music and got good enough to where um, I was a pretty doggone good pitcher. And yeah. so at Northeast, at original Northeast, I, you know, had a really good uh, high school career there and was fortunate enough to get a co college scholarship nice. and pitched four years at CFC and then um, went on to play professionally for a few years in, wow. uh, in the minor league system. And uh, then after that all didn't work out, yeah, kind of kind of come home and reboot and kind of get back to things and eventually made it back to music and you know got back on the path where we are now and but yeah that's a that's a whole nother avenue, I will say man. I, when I was researching you and I just just like a, a, a Google search like you know how sometimes a, there are different people who have the same name and you're mm -hmm. like no nah, not that guy like it came up scotty <laughs> oliver baseball i'm like no not that guy i want the the scotty oliver that you know plays guitar and you know so that I, was you that was me but that was awesome. 20, 20 plus years ago you know so that was awesome man. my baseball career ended at 20 at 23 okay 24 maybe and uh yeah i had um labrum rotator cuff surgery and just oh, yeah. blew my shoulder up bad. yeah and, uh, yeah at that point it was all right there's pitchers be path. pitching is one of those things where it is so hard on your body yeah and uh and it the funnily enough like at the time 23 24 is kind of like middle-aged for yeah for, you it know is, what i mean it is i mean at most time most pitchers you know most athletes once they hit 30 they're kind of like past their prime oh, yeah, so like for if sure. you don't get into your prime by 25 for you're... sure but um so, and yeah. pitching is way different than left field or yeah it's way it, pitching and catching the position you have to be in the thing you have to repeat that repetitive motion yep. and it's you're just trying to get the fastest heat for the most part yeah out of your arm or or make the ball waggle in a funny way that you're doing things with your arm that you're really not meant to do ergonomically. And you have deep inside the baseball. I, I, I can tell. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. My family's a basketball family. Okay, yeah. Just sports in general. In general, yeah. me yeah. too, me too. I mean, uh, but yeah, that was, um, that was yeah. the path that originally brought us to Charleston, which, you know, it, it, it did sting a little bit because, you yeah. know, Tommy and I were kind of gained some momentum yeah in columbia and yeah. um it really broke his heart a little bit and yeah. but eventually he made it back to charleston you know sure. down with us and so sure. but yeah it did it took a long time to kind of get back going to this original project we started yeah. a long time ago how and long then, did music go on hiatus for oh probably five years 
easily. Um, now, were you you were still obviously just kind of playing guitar at the yeah, time. Yeah, you know, you? but you know, just sitting at home, you know, not yeah. really, yeah, not being no thing, agenda, yeah. not trying to gig, not really trying to. Um, it, it was just weird. Uh, you know, I chased one dream, and didn't work out. Yeah, and so I had this kind of reality moment. Well, I don't know reality moment, but this this moment where I was like, you know, I need something stable. I need to be able to sure. like, yep, depend on something. I don't want to. Yeah be this pipe dream chaser that's gonna always you know of course i want to chase my dreams but you well, know i mean day, you, right? in a way you got your heart broken yeah and and you know when you get your heart yep. broken like that in a way you're just like everything is going to end that way yeah you know? and <laughs> you know and then and, and my my wife um who was has been with me this entire time I and mean, yeah we, we've been married gosh, what, seven 16 years but we've wow. been together in february it'll be 25 years wow so was yeah. she was she from columbia as well she was from chicago from chicago we, but we met okay. at cfc okay uh, right so we, on and um kind of went through that whole process but um yeah so now um after i don't know how long it just kind of was like man i want to so i got a job right i gotta yeah. um try to find some structure didn't go back to Harris Teeter. Um, didn't go back to Harris Teeter. Um, graduated with an art degree from CFC. Okay. So, you know, like I said, artist at heart. Um, yeah. Found a job uh, doing some artwork, doing high-end artwork for a company. And What's they, your medium? Um, faux finishing. I would use uh, exterior paint, um, uh -huh. stuccos. Um, basically, what we, what I got contracted to do, with, I found a, a niche with this company that camouflage cell towers all over the world. Okay. So yeah. they had me customize all these products they needed to match whatever environment they were placing these things. That's very interesting. Very weird. Like <laughs> the paths that I've been on is it's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. So yeah. Chase, you know, was did that for years, and then lo and behold, I don't know if it affected you, but in two thousand eight, that big market recession with the yeah. housing crisis happened, yep. and anyone who was a painter or anything in manufacturing, everything just kind of. Sure. Yeah. Um, no one was loaning any money to start new projects. Right, so right. in about a couple of years, everything fizzled up and, and it was like, all right, well, here we are again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, still at home, still writing, still singing the blues because things suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't, you know, most guys I know don't have a, you know, they're not going to be like, hey, Tommy, I'm just having a bad day today. I need to, right, I need yeah. to vent. Yeah. You know, can Dudes I talk don't to you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. Right. When I have a problem, I, I get on my guitar and I like hammer it out there. Yeah. And I write a, some lyrics out and it feels better. Yeah. Or I go run or whatever, throw a ball or do yeah, something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we rebooted again um, and ended up meeting the Familiaris, Crew. Uh -huh. I don't know if you know the Familiaris, pizzerias, and all yeah, those guys. Yeah. So, um, literally, was like, I need a job. I walked. I walked into Familiaris Pizzeria. They've been open six months, and uh -huh. I was like, Hey, man, I used to sling pies back in the day in yeah. school. Uh, Y'all yeah. hiring? And yeah, they hired me, and I met Justin and the whole Familiaris guys, and um, worked there for like six years awesome. and uh, helped them kind of open up a few restaurants and. Learn a little bit Learn about a little the business. Bit, yeah, yeah, man, about just running a business, yeah. and um, which uh, at the time was great. And then, but of course, I mean, you can't really grow too much in, in that industry. And sure. eventually sure. the recession was over, and, and I was ready to spread my wings again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tommy had started working at this wine bar. 
Um, okay. Called Accent on Wine. Yeah. And uh, downtown Somerville, and was like, hey man, there's there's an opening over here. You know, you know, you're trying to see what else is out there. You want to sure. check out the wine and wine side of things, and started working there part time, and uh, just fell in love with that whole side of life too. And then, so yeah, in the last five or six years, it went from you know not really knowing what we're doing. You know, trying to be an artist, trying to write songs, but trying to find a way to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with the wine game, and now I have a wine bar. Now I own a wine yeah. bar. Now yeah. uh, we can play music in the wine bar, and we can yeah. kind of collectively bring all these things together Yeah. that I was having a hard time trying to figure out how to organize in my life. And it just kind of, well, if you can't do bring it to you and create your own absolutely create your life <laughs> i got you to come to my house to do a podcast <laughs> exactly right a uh, part part of my selfish reason of doing this is i get to meet more people that are out here doing what i do yeah. in many different ways actually i've i've talked to people who are do music full-time i've talked to people who this is you know something that they're doing on the side i'm, ta- sure. I'm talking to all kinds of folks and this is it's interesting that you're just like, okay, I'm I'm into, you know, working at the wine, but also, I think at some point every musician thinks like, oh man, if I owned a venue, this is what we do differently. And you that's know? exactly, yeah. what, you know, at the end of the day, um, the wife and myself, um, and even talking to Tommy, I mean, because that's yeah. that's his full time job. I mean, we're we're wine guys. We were. We settled with a career because our yeah. pipe dreams were burst. Yeah, I mean, not burst. I mean, it's so hard to make. There's so many good musicians out there that make so much beautiful music that no one hears it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much yeah. out there. It's hard to make a professional living unless you grind it out every day. And you, well, I mean, Charleston is a little bit. I don't want to. I don't want to call Charleston strange because I haven't lived in a whole lot of places. Yeah, but Charleston. If you really want to make a living out of it, you're going to be playing covers. Right. You're going to end up doing three-hour cover sets. Yeah. And if you really want to make a living and be successful, you're going to play a lot of songs that you may not enjoy personally. Exactly. Um, exactly. You're going to have an iPad. You're going to take requests. And the people that enjoy doing that and do it successfully... I absolutely respect. Yeah, uh, because if you do it well, you can kill it in Charleston. It, you know, and it, <laughs> it's a craft and art form in and of itself. Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah. um, I I've done it. You yeah. know, I've done the gigs, and just because I think at, at times I get tired of hearing my own songs too. You know, I want to I want to do some other stuff. I really think too. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to be learned in other songs correct yeah you know if all you ever do is write and play your own songs you're limited by what you can figure out absolutely um now if you're learning like if you're out learning covers and and you'll go like oh wow they did this thing here that's neat and depending on i don't do you have any like musical background in terms of like uh did you have any guitar teachers? Or yeah, did you take? a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, early on, with you know, when mom put the guitar in the hand, she yeah. came with a guitar teacher. Oh, right and, on. And so that was nice. Um, being eleven, she she had a hard time. There was a lot of guitar teachers that were like, "Oh, he's eleven. He's too young. Yeah, yeah. He'll never you know whatever." And yeah. but you know, I'm 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 kind of um, 
you know, once I find something I really like, man, I'm, I want to get into it. I'm sure. not, you know, I'm, sure. I'm not a, I don't know. Like for me, it was like, as soon as I picked up a baseball, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a baseball player. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. And as soon as I got the guitar, way, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. And that's oh, yeah. what I'm, I'm all in do. on things. Yeah. And yeah. when it doesn't happen, I get really, you know, it hurts me. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, I still haven't given up. I mean, I just, at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure, you know, I kept my wife. I wanted to make sure that yeah. I, I could pay my house. And yeah. I want, you know, I, the, the things that are important I want to yeah. keep intact at the end of the day. Yeah. When you get older, the, when you get older and you have a wife or, and sometimes if you have a family and you buy a house and music is fun, it's, it's something I never want to not have fun with. Right. Is part of it as well. You know, I have a day job mm-hmm. um, to to be able to make a living playing music in this town. You've got to bust your ass. Uh, I just oh, I just had uh, Chris Dodson in here and you he's going to be you talk about busting your yeah, ass. He's going to be night. on the show you're on and it's going to be you, Chris Dodson and, uh, and Dan, right? And Dan Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah, great, great. And Chris Dodson. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who is Killing it in yeah, Charleston. Absolutely. I mean, that's the short list. Well, he works you know? hard. I mean, you get what you put into it. hundred percent. Right? It's not like he's out there um, not hitting notes. And I mean, he's working on his craft. He's singing. Oh, he's man. playing. He's, he's, he's not only playing it from like, I, I bet you he knows more songs than we've heard. Absolutely. And uh, and he's out there in duos mm-hmm. in in different groups he's doing weddings he's doing private events actually he was he was here to do the podcast and he like showed up at 10 a.m wearing like a suit i was like hey thanks man he's like nah i got a wedding i'm going to exactly but yeah, he, yeah he's got always he's always yeah. got three or and four you, gigs a day you gotta grind man <laughs> and and i mean <laughs> no and that's the, the thing people you know, that grind man i have endless endless respect for them absolutely and and i think at the end of the day um you know, if you, you either have to pick a direction, like, like you were saying, what do you want to do with music? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if I have to go back and look at it, I've always enjoyed the songwriting process. Yeah. And I would rather literally write songs, maybe perform them, but yeah, let other people perform. Like I, oh, I want to, okay. I would love to, at the end of the day, say, Man, I wrote a lot of songs, man. There I got stuff out there. I have yeah. credit I have credits out there. Wow, okay. You know, that's that's really where Excellent. Um I think at the end of the day, um I write songs with with certain people yeah. um and I'd love to have a team in place that, that that people could say, "Hey, we need to go to these guys. We we need a good song." Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Um Have you written some songs older. that ended up in other people's hands? No, but I'm working on it. There's working some stuff. Um, there's some stuff off the album that's getting some looks. Excellent. I don't. You never. You always hear that, but you don't know yeah. what it means. Um, <laughs> no, I never hear that. You know, no. but <laughs> it's like you know, like oh, I know somebody who knows somebody, yeah. and then like, yeah. but um, you know, at the end of the day, I would love to be able to um, just like have credit somewhere. You know, like have a song that's either in a For movie sure. or, or or let's say. Someone who's got an amazing voice that was like, you would crush this song, sing this song, <laughs> and and she could or he could perform it in yeah. a way that I wouldn't be able to achieve. You know, that would be amazing. I I do enjoy hearing things being sort of reinvented or reinterpreted, and yeah, having 
having somebody like play one of my songs in their way would be like how so cool it would, would that be a be, very right? cool thing man be very flattering to know that like someone took that time to like learn a learn a Take song the that time. that's the thing to, to actually like if somebody cared enough right to to really yeah yeah that's something man yeah for sure for sure so you're you finally you made a record yeah. 2015 2015 all aboard all aboard uh recorded by mitch webb over at mantis yeah i great don't guy. know mitch but i do know he's also recorded mike friends records yeah and those sound fantastic he's and, a great engineer and a producer yeah. um makes it so comfortable and, invi- and yeah. vibey for the musician i mean it's the most relaxed atmosphere and he just he does a good job of trying to find your sound he doesn't try to say hey you need to do this you need to do that right Right. What do you need? You know. Um, now, how much? Uh, how much of the producer hat did he wear on it? Did you come in with bare bones, or did you have an idea? So Mitch has been working with us for a long time. We had been working the Bluesphere band. Uh-huh. Tommy and I had worked with Mitch for years, um, and he knew our sound. He he knew my sound. He knew sure. what I like to sure. do. Um, so it wasn't like we were going in there with a new guy who hadn't. You know, we're right. trying to get to know and create this right. energy. Um, we had already established that and he and he's just like one of those guys like you say you know instantaneously if you have chemistry with someone yeah yeah i mean it was just like boom 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 i mean we're just like it just bouncing off fired each on other. all cylinders yeah and ironically enough when 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 we decided to go in and do this record um it i hadn't planned on making a record <laughs> yeah okay so i had these songs but um i had like five or six songs and then yeah an absolute shitstorm of of stuff hit our family in yeah. like waves in like about a four month span. Wow. So it really sent shockwaves through the entire system, our whole family, it like rippled effect. So yeah. it changed our dynamic in our family quite a bit and five more songs were birthed off that experience write your way out of it man i did i had to because we were we and myself i was in a really dark place um for own personal circumstances to other family circumstances going on around us everybody just kind of it all happened in this perfect storm of energy that was like we can either you know lay down and 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 let it take us or we can find a way to get through this and so we all decided to fight in our own way and mine was to write and at the end of that time um i went to mitch and was like hey i have this record i want to produce i want you to produce it can you help me do this and he had just gone through and was going through a shitstorm of everything (laughs) sure yeah so in a way like misery loved some company and we collectively there were nights i slept on his couch in the studio and we would just kind of have these moments of reflection and heart to heart uh just you know things that that the guys needed to talk about and shed just group therapy group therapy at the studio man and that's awesome and writing and that's great at the end of the day um i think you can hear some of the emotion in the songs i feel like he did a good job of capturing the right energy of like where the intentions needed to be and um but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in that album okay let me tell you yeah Um, and then and then how it how it all came to get there and now the guys you got playing on that record uh 
any experience playing with them before? Like, had you rehearsed stuff? Or? So, yeah, um, the bass player, Christian Wood, uh-huh. no. But the drummer, Ben Scott, yes. Um, there was a point when, before I put this record together, um, I had a couple songs and I was trying to find a producer. Yeah. Because I was going to make a, a demo, yeah. right? Yeah. And just try to figure out what my sound was going to be and just kind of have it. And I met a guy who sound engineered for Need to Breathe. Okay. Um, yeah. And his name was Neil Young. <laughs> okay. Ironically enough, Neil B. Young. And okay. um, I just, you know, fate happens. You run into people and uh-huh. you start talking. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'd love to let you hear what I do. And played him a couple songs. And he's like, cool, man. I got this drummer. I really think. Uh He would, he's really vibey. He pays in the pocket. It's great. Um, And Ben Scott was playing at Seacoast Church. I think he was the drummer for the house band there. One of the guys that rotates and, Uh but just a killer studio drummer. Like everything just is like perfect. There's no like dynamically drastic shifts in beats. It's just, yeah. Knows what to do and when. Yeah. So we got together. um, We, we put a couple tracks together for the demo. Um, that never made it to the record, but it was just, I knew <laughs> sure. that he, I was like, cool, I got this guy. I want to call him next time I got a project. And you can tell when it's going to work. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the time. And it was yeah. great. He's easy to work with. He's yeah. professional, shows up. Um, to find a drummer it. who wants to serve a song, it's a bit of a rare thing. Oh, uh, for sure. Um, if, uh, yeah. I know, at least for the style of music I play, I don't want a drummer who wants to be Neil Peart. I want a drummer that wants to be Ringo Starr. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. <laughs> right. If, if the drum solo is coming up and you're going to let him shine, then Neil Peart the hell out of it, yes. man. Right. You know, but, yes. but, you know, pocket drummer, Steve Jordan. Steve yeah. Jordan's one of my favorite drummers. Yeah. I mean, just plays the song. You know, yep. uh, we have a a drummer that ever, no one really knows. I guess people know he's a drummer, but I guess most, most people know him as a keyboard player, saxophone player. But Alan Brissendine is, is one of the best song drummers. Yeah, he's the guy that played keys on your record, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, he's a drummer. And he played drums on uh Promise. He actually okay. he, he has a one drum track on there and uh but yeah, he he plays to the song. He'll yeah. play to the vocal. You know, like well, that's awesome. And when you have drummers that listen to the nuances of the songs, it's yeah. like, like you say, uh, you know, I forget how you phrased it a second ago, but it was probably the best phrasing. I've always um, yeah, I I've always been a serve the song kind of guy. Yeah, that's it. And so, but but by default, that makes me not a jam kind of guy. Correct. I don't. I I don't have the chops to jam either. But I I, I and I feel like jam, I feel like <laughs> jam bands because we we're guilty of it too. We're not a jam band, but we like to rock. Like we'll we'll take a oh, chord if you can hop into a section for a while and and, and that's explore what we like the to space, do. You know what so, I mean? So you know, and that's just us not wanting to be bored. You know, like yeah. we're like, oh, yeah. we're getting self-indulgent. We yeah. want to give each other a chance to like show it off. And, um, and so at the end of the day, it makes the live shows a little more fun. And at the end of the day, you need more material. No, oh, So yeah. if you stretch yeah. some things out well, a little bit. <laughs> and like I said, like reinterpretation or different versions of things. Yeah. That, like if you, you got to give yourself a little bit of room to explore the space a little bit. Yeah. I just mean jams in terms of like, like I'll. I'll go to open mics mm-hmm. and people will be like, Hey man, can I sit in? And I'll be like, well, you don't even know the songs. I'm oh gonna God. Play. Never, <laughs> never. And, but the, the ones that ask bonus points for the guys that ask. Yeah. For the sure. guys that just do. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's not for me. Yeah. I, I, and I, you know, and I think 
it more in line like why you're trying to put this together and the way you're doing it is to make it a little more controlled environment for yeah you know like yeah the singer songwriter you know not to water it down with um and no offense to anyone everyone everyone has a an intention with what they're trying to do with their music or they're playing um there but there's times when when there's a certain etiquette that needs to be appreciated right where where the listener needs to be respected about what what is being delivered to them (laughs) sure sure yeah i i think too like at least at least in charleston um there are people who play instruments in this town that want to get hired Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time they'll have a chance to go to a jam or an open mic and they're like i gotta do something that shows people i'm worth hiring sure that's their only chance to really yeah see what what i can do (laughs) yeah it's so it's a it's a different strokes for different folks thing yeah um at least when it comes to myself and playing music and it seems like yourself too is you not only want a a musical understanding it almost seems like like a personal connection is very important too oh without a doubt i think i think at the end of the day um i always have been able to connect better with an instrument than i have been with people (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's my go-to um way of communicating a lot of times and so Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i wish i I need to practice on my personal skills more than my (laughs) my craft on playing and, and getting the point across that way but no i think um i think you underserve yourself if you don't try to see like what, what do you want to get out of writing and playing music right if yeah. you want to be a, a songwriter um you don't need to be a jammer you don't need to craft that part right, out right, right. you want to you want to unless on, that's what you're writing yeah. i mean there are some jams that end up as songs and there are some songs that end up as jams and sometimes there are songwriters that like I just want to get in, say what I need to say, and get out. There are songwriters right. that say I want to craft a hit, so I start with a hook and go from there. It's like, and, what's your intention with yeah, what you're trying absolutely. to do? You know, yeah. and um, you know, like there's like John Mayer, for instance. He's a great songwriter. He can yeah. write a two minute song, yeah, but then he's got songs on his album, and now he's playing with Dead and Co. and all that, yeah. where he can, he's versatile. He can say, well, I like to write songs, but now I want to go jam and be psychedelic and 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 be ambient and mystical and, and he's see got where chops this goes. to do it all like a jerk right no, <laughs> and that and it takes it's hard to be in uh in an abstract band on the fly like when you're making yeah. that music yeah and not falling on your face right when everyone's in ad-lib mode it's it's um the synergy has to be perfect yeah for that type of uh band to happen so but yeah what's your intention i like i like songs uh, i like to write songs i like to jam i like to play with really good musicians yeah and um i don't know i just enjoy everything about music so wherever i can be served best by yeah. the great universe that's <laughs> blessed us with the ability to do this yeah um and be an antenna for the songs that i mean the songs are already written they're yeah. already out there it's yep. just when our radars and our antennas go up we absorb them and hopefully yeah. we can write them down fast enough so uh You'd said you were happy with the record. You liked yeah. how it turned out. Yeah, for sure. That's man. good. Um, man. I mean, we. I had the musicians for two days. Wow. Okay. So we knocked out five. That was fast. Five then. tracks. Um, five. You know, drum, bass. Yeah. You know, the foundation, guitar. Um, all that was done in two days. Wow. And then we came in and um, I did vocals and um, and 
some guitar solos and then Alan came back and put the keys in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you did really good guitar work on that record as oh, well. Thanks, like, man. Jo- like, uh, I encourage listeners to go check the record out. I'm going to put, uh, links to it in, in the show notes on this. Perfect. And I, I do really appreciate you. You handed me a copy of it. Cause there's nothing I love more than actually being able to look at. And you also put who played what and yeah. you put like, I don't, I'm a liner notes guy. Yeah. Like growing up and and listening to records and stuff, and I've always been interdu- er, interested in production. Sure. And, and so it was nice to actually be able to read that stuff. So also. I know it was tra- tiny writing, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Track track down a hard copy of that thing as well. Um, any any tracks stand out to you? Any favorites on that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh there's a lot of personal songs in there um there's wretched road um is a deeply like personal song which i felt like uh the way the piano and the way alan plays this really Uh beautiful piano it just kind of captures the the essence and the mood um in a moment um is to me is a song that i think everyone can relate to it's uh when all else fails and you you know you know for me it was it was about when you don't even have faith anymore like when you've exhausted all of your options (laughs) who what do you turn to you just you know um and and when you're the most broken in your life who's going to help pick you up yeah that's kind of the song of like where you find yourself buried in the the deepest deepest hole you can but then there's someone that helps you get out of it and so there's like this feeling of maybe like a light at the end of the tunnel you know which i feel like mitch was able to put that song together i mean we 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 played it but but you know like there's certain production work that like there's a difference between what gets played in the room and then after the fact saying okay how do we ice this cake and make it yeah and so he absolutely he he was able to kind of capture the imagery of what yeah. I was trying to yeah you know so yeah I think those two songs um, there's I be- a song I believe, on the record that your uh, that your wife wrote the lyrics yeah, to for sure and that's um, walk my way home yeah yeah <laughs> um, she didn't make me walk my way home one night uh, <laughs> no I, I I've been hitting this riff for about a week and just uh-huh. pounding out there I had the whole song had the whole thing mapped out and hammering it over and over again and 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 she's such a trooper because. You know when you're working on a song it's not like you just oh one take cool i got this song right you've you've probably hit that poor chord progression started oh, yeah. stopped it a hundred yeah. times just to try to find it right yeah. and and finally the patience of our spouses <laughs> she, i tell you she came out of the bathroom i was just in there and she was getting ready for yeah. work she came out of the bathroom she's like i got these lyrics i got these lyrics that uh, wow um yeah, i think you know and she she had come up with the first verse you know wow. um and just like that and and then the song was written now is that a, does that happen often was that the f- no that was um one of the first times so it wow. was really cool so um i think i even i'm pretty sure i gave her credits on the song yeah you did and yep. Um, yep. and and anytime i play it out live i i always say i preface it by saying you know this is a co-write you know yeah <laughs> And sometimes she'll get up and sing it with me. But, really? But yeah, but sometimes she won't. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. She's a. But you know, she if she wanted to be a songwriter, yeah, she could do it. She's written some good songs. She just, you know, she just has other other yeah. things going on, right? But um, well, that's, yeah, natural it's talent. Still there. so cool that you got that in your household. You know, it's you fun. have some collaboration in the household. You need a supportive yeah. spouse if you're going to be an artist in any f- medium. 
Yeah. Right. You need someone who's going to let you be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Self indulgent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not there <laughs> mentally, yeah. you yeah. know, but it, at the end of the day, I mean, it's all love. It's all, it's all part of the process. And so, yeah, it's, I'm very grateful that she allows me to like still explore that. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, you brought a guitar with you. Uh, I did. Is there something? I was told to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there something that you like to play off the record? Um, I'm, I'll always play anything off the record. Is there anything you'd like to hear? Is some song that you uh, you feel like you're, you you like the most? I'll, just... I'll put you. I threw it right back at you. Oh man. <laughs> no. uh, I'll I'll play something I play a lot. I'll I'll probably let's see. Um, I'll do promise. I think it's a good song. All it's, right. it's, um, do you want me to tell you a little background about that song? Or yeah, absolutely. Um, that is one of the more lighthearted songs on the album. Cause I felt like there was a lot of, you know, touching on some dark issues. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I need to put some, sprinkle some light and some sunshine on this. So yeah. this is a song that I actually wrote when I was in my early twenties and it was about, y- y- you go through these ebbs and flows your relationship you you're with someone you break up you know you have a couple breakups and then there's like this so but in these breakups there's always this like late night loneliness and you want to talk to you or yeah you want to just come over (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so it was a tongue-in-cheek um you know can i come over i promise i'll be good you know it's one of those things like uh so I enjoy playing that song. Usually, um, I, I think of all the songs on the album. I think that's the one that I get the most requests to play. Yeah, because it is a little more upbeat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we can start there and see where it goes. All right, man. Let's hear it. All right. said we had to go our separate ways Yet somehow managed to survive You know you could be right here with me You choose to stay away and baby that is your right Need to stop by and grab a few things And maybe there's a memory or two you can spare We can just talk about this weather, baby How we're doing alone out there I'll be good And I promise not to give you no tender touch You promise not to look at me that way you do Cause baby that would be too much Oh 
believe me, I know just how hard it is. But if there is some pain, you know it was real. And when it starts to feel a little bit better, baby. I'll come around, I'll help you heal oh, So can I come over, I promise I'll be good And I promise not to give you no tender touch, no, 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 no You promise not to look at me that way you do Baby, that be too much. Oh, 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 I promise I'll be good No, I'll be good You know I'll be good Well, I promise I'll be Excellent, man. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks. It's one of my favorites. One of the uh, oldies, but goodies. Yeah, this yeah. brings me back to uh, what it was like in the rambunctious 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, when, whenever you look at something, I use Apple Music to listen to things for the most part. And uh, when you look on Apple Music, it always like puts a star next to the ones people listen to the most. Right. And the ones... and doesn't necessarily mean they're the best ones and i i usually tend to find ones that don't have the star that i that i attach to for some reason <laughs> and uh on yours born to go and wretched road were the two cool. that people on App, apple music and i those are those are bangers man yeah, i thanks man born to go it's album starts out great it's a good tune i also really liked in a moment and then when it finally rolled around to all aboard yeah. which is buried like kind of late in the record yeah. which by then most people are just like and these are songs too <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah that's why you'd name an album after this this one's great too i mean it's a it's a great record it's there's there's parts on it where i'm like this is americana there's stuff on yeah. i'm like well this is blues this yeah. is bluesy yep so it's it's folky it's bluesy it's soulful within yeah. all of that so man great record thanks, everybody man. check out all aboard thanks Let's talk about your songwriting okay. and your process. All right. um, do you ever sit down just to write a song? Do you ever block out a bit of time and say, I'm going to write songs now? Um, no. no. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, I've always described it, and this is just maybe me. This is yeah. just me. But um, you, the creative 
juices hit you in waves like uh-huh. in a way it's either all or nothing with me it's like okay um i always refer to it as as if my antenna has gone up and okay. i'm now able to capture these songs that are floating around the universe yeah they come the, the song kind of i hear it in the head yeah the whole thing everything okay the where keys guitar everything the oh, whole so, so thing. the arrangement even everything. even the arrangement yeah like like not all the time but like that's how it starts i hear something yeah. in the head i'm like I, ch- I start chasing this yeah thing and if and i try to keep up with it and if i can so get it's it almost down, like uh it's almost like the song exists and you're just trying to find it correct you're trying to like, i always I've, yeah i say that all the time to my wife i'm like the song's out there yeah i'm just i'm just trying to tap into the right energy to to, to be the magnet for it because uh it'll lob it'll glom on to me like yeah that's just how it happens um or i'll just i don't know how it works with you but sometimes you'll just hit a chord it'll just the new string sounds so great and it has yeah. a tone that you just haven't heard in a while and it yeah. just sparks a yeah, for know. me it either works or it doesn't yeah and uh i've you know i talked to uh when i talked to to chris he's like no i sit down for like two three hours a day and and, and i know then, people that do that and, and i would actually like if i if i had the time and mm-hmm. i need to make the time mm-hmm. but i want to try that eventually i like, know a lot of songwriters that go through that process i'd um, read about um it was actually an eagles documentary i was watching and i think it was uh glenn fry was jackson brown's neighbor and he said it was like clocking in every day he'd come in make a make a pot of tea and he would just sit at the piano for like four hours and yeah. it, it was like he was clocking into work and i mean i gotta i gotta try that sometime i need to find the discipline and the time yeah yeah and i think that's for me um that's a system i don't think i could sustain right i would burn out like that's just me because um i've kind of settled in this uh you know i'm 44 now a little, yeah. little older yeah a little reflection time yeah. um I feel like um i don't know it's it's uh you don't want to find i i the thing that stopped me is i never want to put myself in a position where i go i wrote that song just so i'd have a song not yeah. because it meant a thing to me i i question exactly. my my own motivation constantly about things it it's it's my therapy so for yeah. me it's like i don't go for it unless I need it yeah. in a way. Um, yeah. I don't sit down as it's like, I need to write a song today. Um, my songs have always come to me as in a way to get off my chest what I see in life that's, yeah. that's resonating with me. And so it's all it's all very autobiographical. It then. is, yeah. 100%. And, um, you know, and I think that's why I always went down the songwriting path instead of the cover band path. Sure, sure. I just that's that that's my therapy if i if i stop doing this yeah i don't know <laughs> what type of personality would be in this thing you know? well it definitely sounds like the guitar is the cheapest therapist the world could ever mm-hmm. you know therapists Absolutely. cost a lot of money i've been told i've never gone yes. to one so i probably should <laughs> but you know i i get like music i've met people that are just like i'm not into music and i don't understand yeah that. i don't understand like that either i do my best to try i as i grow older i really want to try to understand people and meet them in the middle sure that is one thing i don't comprehend yeah and you know they're, they're <laughs> out there because you, you, i've met them too and, and it, it, 
I, I don't understand. I, yeah. I could never. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, something I can't relate to at all. As much as I want to <laughs> relate to everybody in some way. Yeah. That would be a hard sell. It's, it's a bit of a non-starter. Yeah. 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 That's wild. So do you ever write any fiction when it comes to songs? Yeah. So um, actually one uh, silver and gold uh-huh. um, is pretty much it was what i imagined so that song was birthed uh in in a town in colorado called telluride uh-huh okay yeah. um been there a few times uh really cool place we honeymooned there and it was just this magical kind of ground zero of the gold rush yeah isn't it? exactly yeah. yeah and so we went on a um one of the uh tours to take uh-huh. you up to the uh top of the mountain where they had the old abandoned uh mines towns uh-huh. and like so they took us up there and I mean, literally, it was like you could see the everything was just left. Yeah. And so I, we were up there a couple hours just walking around, and I had this whole story built in my head of like how, yeah, what life was like. Yeah. And and yeah. that's that's how Silver and Gold was written. It was just kind of like a, yeah. an imaginary, well, banks and you know cowboys and 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 people trying to steal gold and you know. I like was actually this. wondering on that one. I was like, did he have a specific person in mind? Is this about a that the, one? I did. I sat up and I it, yeah. It, it, the imagination we, we got up to the to the mountain and uh it was like it like it started coming to me and yeah. it was just like i literally started writing it <laughs> yeah yeah up there and uh started singing the song and you know jess was like yeah i like that i like that you should yeah keep working on it <laughs> that's awesome but, yeah. now uh when when songs start coming to you do you like pull out the phone and do oh, the voice thing or? absolutely yeah. i mean i have i mean there's there's hundreds in here yeah because that's the thing that i used to kill me but um before there was no way to record your thoughts right so um and most of them either come in the shower or when i'm i have a a bad habit of a lot of my songs are in the uh (laughs) the time signature of their blinker (laughs) okay (laughs) because when you're hit you're sitting you're like yeah you know i just i i sit there and make songs and and make rhythms while i'm at a stop sign or a stoplight waiting for the light to turn and and so then i'll be like oh man i like this oh the muse doesn't come (laughs) along when it's convenient uh but it's a click track it's like your click track you know um but yeah no i carry the voice the voice memo there's tons because i'll lose that melody yeah and i'll just hum the melody so that when i get home i can start banging out the melody because the melody will come usually before the song you know it's like there's a a certain yeah texture to that and yeah so yeah i'm a big fan and then it was the, the dictaphone remember back in the day it was yeah. like uh, the lawyers would yeah. use like whatever right. they would use for their memos later yeah so i had that for a while okay um yeah. and then yeah of course in the notebook yeah right <laughs> and do you ever try uh i i've tried to like write lyrics on the whole talk to text thing <laughs> and then you go back and you're like this is ridiculous because yeah. talk to text i don't know if i just have one of those voices that doesn't translate <laughs> but i'll like go back and read it and sometimes i'm like well that was neater actually what it screwed up and did but <laughs> but uh no i haven't i haven't um no, I, I might actually like have to venture into that. You gotta, you gotta get home first, and then hear those things, and then the lyrics come along. Yeah. Now, and do you have any like notebooks sitting there? Do you have like orphan lyrics that you like just hit a line and you're oh, yeah. like, yeah, throw that off. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, th- there's there's lines that are like, oh, I like that line. I'm gonna hold yeah. on to that line. It's gonna yeah. have a place somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, because you know when you, um, when you're writing, you know, if you're writing lyrics, the lyrics don't always come to you. 
Right. You, all, you have right. that's the part you have to work on for yep. me. That's the music's the easy part that kind of falls into place. Yeah. And then now where do the lyrics fall into the music? And that's yeah. that's always the tricky part for me. I have an internal editor when it comes to lyrics. And that editor is just brutal. I always call him the goalie because mm -hmm. my goalie, he doesn't let anything pass. <laughs> like I'll, I'll throw out a lyric and I'll be like, oh, no, I hate that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I won't do it. And it, it really prevents me from probably, and it's probably stuff that's fine. Right. You know, like, do you ever, do you ever listen to a song and you're like, oh, I would have never let myself get away with that. Yeah. All and the then time. you're like, and I should. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> there's a weird, um, lack of freedom you give yourself yeah. like of this letting go yeah uh, you know and i wish yeah. you know and it's it's fun to tap into that sometimes um you know just your your own worst self-critic which is if you have a good producer someone that's encouraging you yeah that's always the best too you know to get yeah. you out of your own way in a way i have like three or four songs that i've actually just written in the presence of someone and two things happen there the first thing is i want to impress them sure and the second thing is something that I would have said was dumb. They're just like, no, go with that. <laughs> and, and it allows you, it like gives you permission. Yeah. And, and I think as a songwriter, you just need to give yourself permission. It's like the to, chef yeah. asking somebody to taste something before it gets served. Right. You yeah. want to just get a little positive feedback sure. that like you're on the right path. Yeah, for sure. We're I, all insecure when it comes down to it. Right. I oh, mean, musicians yeah. or even everyone, but I mean, musicians, <laughs> especially, right. Uh, <laughs> I, I am very, uh, musicians that have zero insecurities. I'm very, uh, yeah, they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> you can absolutely say that. Cause that's what I was thinking. A lot. There's a lot of, and, uh, if anyone is a musician, they've gone to open mics. There's plenty of unearned self-confidence floating around. You know, that's just, that's just, <laughs> you can tell, man, that's just, you know, yeah. they just want to give that, that, the aura of confidence, but they're really scared. Yeah. They're really scared. Yeah. And you know, they're fidgety and they're projecting sure. and. Yep. 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 Self-awareness. Amen. It's, it can be a curse. It can be, <laughs> but we all need it. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, when you start writing songs, do you ever start a song and then you think of a particular songwriter or artist where you're like this, I'm channeling so-and-so on this or, you know what? It's funny you say that because, uh, that's my worst nightmare. Like I, I my worst nightmare is, is to sound in a like box right away. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and Tommy and I actually talk about this all the time. Um, I go through pockets where I don't listen to music Okay. when I'm writing. All right. Um, because I don't want to have anything seep in melodically. Yeah. You know how like you yeah. can kind of, if you're around music all the time, things seep in and then you're like, oh, I like this. Yeah. You're writing like, and then you're like, oh, it sounds like that. Yeah. That's why I have it in my head. So I try to isolate myself in a way that I it's can only be in my own to. head. <laughs> it's, it's also hard when you hear something down the line that you're like, oh, did I steal this? Yes. But there's only so many notes in a key and right. a guitar is laid out a certain way. Yep. And I mean, there was obviously the first person that ever walked from a C down to an A chord. Correct. But Or an A minor chord. That right, is. right. But, but just because you did it too doesn't mean you necessarily lifted it off of anybody. There's plenty of stuff that's just... Absolutely. In the it's same just way. how music works. Yeah, and you know, everyone's got a voice and there's only so many words in, in, in the vocabulary and, and, yeah. and, and, but it's how you deliver these words. Sure. You know, absolutely. it's how you wrap them together. So, uh, 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's what, that's all they've given us to work with. <laughs> yeah. When it, when it actually comes to listening to music or songwriters that you enjoy or songwriters you may be influenced by, if I had to just say like, give me five and it doesn't have to be five, it could be four, six. Yeah, ten, no, um, I'm a huge Nathaniel Rateliff fan. Oh yeah. Huge. Um, he's probably my guy Excellent. Um, that as far as, you know, a songwriter that really can get emotion across and is yeah. like vulnerable as all get out. Oh yeah. Um, I, I look to that as like, okay, it's cool to be vulnerable. Yes. Look at Nathaniel. Yeah. He's so badass, you know, like, and he can do it. He can do it as a solo yeah. performer. He can do it as the front man of the Neo soul thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. I draw from, I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan. So I listen to a lot of Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um, current artist i've been listening to a lot of lucas nelson willie nelson's son oh okay yeah he's got a cool band um some of the stuff is a little more a little more country than okay. i would than i would like to stylistically go to or listen. sure but he's got a really cool band and he's got a cool voice and yeah he, it's like a young willie but he's got fun songs so i've been having a lot of fun listening to him um let's see who else um I like the Lumineers. Okay. Um, yep. I like the texture of his voice. Yeah. Um, and I like what they can do w with their harmonies and, and, and all the syncopated rhythms. I think that's uh, that's badass. Um, I've been listening to Gary Clark Jr. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. For my own personal band, I'm trying to put a little more edge in our songs and I want to, I'm trying to find stylistically like uh, a direction that we can start moving towards kind of yeah. out of the folky Americana. Like I want to bring a little more, put a little grit in it. Yeah. And, put, and yeah. black keys, you know, yeah. we listen to a lot of black keys lately. Uh, I listen to a lot of blues, um, a lot of Freddie King. Okay. Um, so that's a, that's a few out there, but um, current, I mean, I just, I don't listen to a lot of new music, man. I'm just, I um, try. Uh, there's too, for me, it's overwhelming the amount of music. Yeah that's out yeah. there right now and given the nature of you know we have full-time jobs during the yeah. daytime i can't listen to music all the time at work um i'm at home late you know there's only so much time in the day that i can devote to right you know trying to see what's out there but um now are you are you uh when you find yourself listening to music mm -hmm. are you a album guy or are you a singles guy or um, I like an album, you know, yeah. I, um, yeah. we've been really getting into vinyl as a household lately in the last few years. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's really nice to, we find ourselves either putting on, um, an artist's album slash playlist yeah. or just throwing on a vinyl and just listening to it, turn the lights down, candle, awesome. open up some wine. Oh you yeah. Know? I'm yeah. a wine guy. And, um, but yeah, just to kind of, you know, like you say, I'm more in like, I like to hold the whole album. I like to look at oh, the liner man. notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why on the album, I tried to make it like a mini record, make yeah. it look like a mini album. Oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I tried to go vinyl, but I was like, oh, it's a little too it's expensive. expensive. <laughs> and then you're like, how many of these are going to sell? Right. <laughs> you know, but I think what I'm going to do um, is get it repressed. Yeah. And have some vinyl maybe on, you know, down the awesome. road. Um, yeah. Because I have a whole nother album that's ready to be written or recorded, Excellent. but uh, it's just, you know. There's only so much time, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when you're writing with uh, when you're writing with Tommy, mm -hmm. are there songs that start where you just play something and you're like, "Nah, I'll save that for Tommy." Oh, all the time. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, that happens a lot, actually. Um, if it's a little too groovy, soulful, <laughs> you know, it, I it, if it's 
if it's abstract, like really like, because uh-huh. usually what happens uh, when writing for that band, that stuff happens more organically as a band. Like we'll get together. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. And um, just jam, get together and just pound, pound yeah. the instruments. Yeah. And Tommy will start hearing something in his head. Yeah. And then we'll just start chasing. And then next thing you know, we've kind of, you know, and then sometimes I'll have a progression. Um, I wrote a song or a progression that I thought was going to be something that I would use. Uh And then when he put his voice on top of it, I was like, oh, this is a no brainer. We're going to go over here with this one, you know? So yeah, it just happens. It just depends. You know, Um, like I said, there's no intention. It just kind of happens. And it's like, well, you don't want to waste a good chord progression you don't want to just right. throw it aside it but, could be a thing but sometimes yeah. you just tape it on the wall and, and, and it'll find a place somewhere down the line because i don't know how about you but you know stylistically you know i write they used to write heavier stuff when i was younger yeah, and now i'm yeah. like getting older writing mellow and yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean there, there's a time and place for certain songs you write and maybe yeah. five years from now i'll be like man, I, I want to revisit some of this Metallica stuff from like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I never know. You never know where this this song may fit down the road sure. with what. So, I had uh, I had been somewhere in here and we were talking and Ben, he has his own solo stuff. Mm-hmm. He has a punk band and then he has sort of a Americana group. Right. And I was like, do you write any songs that all of you do? Like, <laughs> is, there, is there a song that has multiple versions? And he's like, yeah, there's one. Is there... And I, I realize that right now the the lineup of Blue Sphere is pretty much your band plus Tommy. It's but you is know, there I, anything it, that you? But it's a different style. Yeah, too. and I wouldn't uh, you know I wouldn't for lack of a better phrase I wouldn't say my band. You know, it's just like these, the guys who the guys who are here play like, with you. Yeah, the, we've um, we've been friends for so long. Yeah, so many. We've all played together for so many years that yeah. it was like when we had gigs, we would try to if you think about it too if you if you're a big front man you have a big voice yeah you don't want to go out and stretch a three-hour show no if you're an original act right so no. what we've been trying to do over the years is like segue like come as a package you know we've yeah. been coming where it gives me a platform to play some of our yep. some of my music yep and then it gives a platform for for thomas and his his yeah. music so as a as a family as a, as a group of guys that have known each other for a long time we yeah. felt like this is the best way for us to kind of attack everything, you know, and yeah, somehow you, it works. When, I don't know when you're seeing a, especially just like a real charismatic front man, you got to really just strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. And you got to get while the getting's good too. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and cause not everybody's into that, you know, too. We, we, we've known this for so many years. We, <laughs> we have a lot of haters out there too, you yeah. know, because you know, there's not a lot of people that, I feel like we've always been what what we call like the musicians band. Like musicians yeah. love us. Yeah, yeah. You know, the hard <laughs> sell is, you know, well, we have a front man who wears really tight pants and high heel boots and is, you know, has this <laughs> delivery, you know, very if you know, like Androge, you know, very bow, yeah. very prince, yeah. you know. Part there of are the people show who are very insecure show. as people in right. this world that as we've touched on earlier. Yeah. We're yeah. Nat- by nature we're insecure. So we <laughs> Yeah. We we want to like it, but we're afraid if we say we like it, that yep. other people are going to like yep. make fun of us. So yep. I feel like we've always carried that chip on our shoulder that we're going to be unapologetic. We're not going to try to like oh, you make you like yeah. us. Yeah, we do what we do, and we're an original band. Yeah. So yeah, when you go see an original band, 
we're not going to cater to them. We're going to do no, what we do. Right. Yeah. And if you like it, come see us again. If you don't. Absolutely. You know, like just tip your hat, say, all right, I, <laughs> I respect what y'all are doing. Yeah. But it's not for me. Yeah. But, you know, we don't suck, you know, at the end no, of the day. So not, it's like. Not one bit. No. So it, it, we want people to like us, but we understand that it's not for everybody. You want them to like you on your terms. <laughs> you like me the way I want you to like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any uh, any plans for? I know you said you have a whole album, another album worth of material, kind of ready to go. It is ready, and it's just you know, um, again, finding the time. Yeah. To yeah, you know, you don't <laughs> want to go in and put an album together when your head's not a hundred percent there. You're sure. like distracted. Yep. Um, for me, I just want to be all in and have that window where I can just be there and yeah. isolate myself and and get it done and when we just you know we just opened up the wine bar yeah. a year ago it's just been full steam ahead with that sure. and uh and then trying to create a a place for musicians yeah in our community that can have a place to play place to call home yeah um so that's been the focus for the last year or two is get that to where we want it and uh -huh. then once that's established yeah then i can focus on that yeah it's got to get some yeah. legs of its own and then For uh, sure. then blue sphere any any album plans gosh you know that's the million dollar question we <laughs> um we were going to produce with mitch um and then mitch mitch had owned his studio in park circle for uh -huh. like 10 or 15 years and um sold the building and moved yeah. up to north carolina yeah yeah so now you know it, it involves us having to travel so we're we're actually looking for somebody locally that we can establish with a, gotcha. new, a new producer that we can uh that likes our sound we got a couple people that we know we're but yeah nothing nothing imminent yeah. but i think mike friend still drives up to mitch but, I, he does he but does my, but mike has one of those businesses where i think he can like do a big project and then have time yeah yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. exactly when, what you have and like i'm, I'm just a, like a a, a first shifter basically yeah so that is what it is and then but you oh man i can't even imagine trying to own a business and <laughs> and then making it yeah yeah so one thing at a time for me especially right now. a new business that you started amidst a pandemic <laughs> yes well you know we're kind of nuts <laughs> yeah tell me a little bit about accent on wine whitehall yeah um accent on wine whitehall is the third uh uh wine bar of the family um, uh -huh. we have our main hub in downtown somerville and then one in park circle and the whitehall location is our third member of the family but we um wanted to create a place where like i said you know create the lifestyle what i wanted as a business but yeah. also like incorporate what my life and dreams are which was you know good times good vibes good music good people um bringing them together for being the conduit of like creative energy you know yeah yeah um so that we always wanted to to have that in our life and so um yeah it was our goal to create that energy and make sure yeah. that uh our community could be served with that and and also being a musician and playing gigs and playing at places where you don't feel welcome you feel like you're right. just like uh, we need to hire a band. We need people to do whatever, you know, so make, make these people happy. Yeah. I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I gave m my contemporaries and my musicians community a good place to play where they were treated with respect, weren't forced to play a marathon gig Yeah, and had a good sound, you know, and it oh, yeah. gave, you know, warm place to play. And so 
that was my goal. Um, if I wasn't going to be able to perform and do my music and yeah. get out there and still hit that, then I wanted to at least be around it, you know? <laughs> awesome. And so, um, so I bring the people there that I enjoy, you know, well, it's I a little bit selfish, you know, I mean, I no. get, the, I, uh, I bring you've created the, I, the space. I mean, it's, you've created what you want in this world. And, and if everybody did that, we'd be a lot far better off than people who just seek well, to use it. You know, It's hard, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, oh, I'm going to go open up a, a music venue right. place and right. everyone's going to come and support it. And, yeah. and it's going to great, be great and thrive. I mean, that's, that's asking a lot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, you have to getting the general populace to buy in yeah. to not hearing country roads. <laughs> is yeah and it is especially here is, is wagon really wheel. something I mean, yeah wagon wheel's great we play i've played wagon wheel a hundred times yeah um but the, you know you go to venues now and it's like if you play wagon wheel you'll be asked to leave <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which is funny to me because it's like all right well i guess is it that played out i guess already yeah Maybe. i don't know i don't know or or it's just cool to say that too yeah like it, it's considered cool it's like free bird you know yeah, like you, yeah. you know free bird is not allowed here right or, or playing stairway to heaven at a guitar <laughs> store yeah well i i can tell you though my from my experience at, at playing at the at the wine bar is i mean generally i i play around charleston and i don't play like a lot of stuff people know and love i try and then uh, there was like at just a point at the gig i was like well what, what do you guys want to hear and yeah. thomas was like play some of your own tunes and i was just go. like what i've never heard that before yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that alone is a breath of fresh air yeah and, well and, we're very supportive and encouraging yeah like we we we're, we're an original band you know we yeah. want we want we For love sure original artwork and we know there's plenty of it out there it's just we want to give everyone the like you said the freedom and the, and the yeah. encouragement to do it on a platform and not have to Absolutely. feel like they have to like uh you know appease the masses with 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 popular songs that they've already heard you know right I mean, there's, right there's, and that's i mean as far as this podcast and this uh the songs of the unsung thing is i'm trying to figure out you can get other musicians to buy into original music mm -hmm. how do you get the public how do you get somebody who's who's not people who don't create music or or at least is artistic in some sort of effect mm -hmm. don't understand what it takes and what it is and that it's not coming prepackaged to them right right so really the experiment i'm going for here is how, how do we get the average person to to care yeah to to look a little deeper than what's being fed to them so I'm yeah. I'm super happy you agreed to be part of this. Yeah, um, man. I, the, uh, this, this podcast great. and as well as uh, it's going to be the show at Free House yeah. on January 23rd. It's going to be you and Dan Riley and Chris Dodson playing your fun. own tunes, hopefully telling stories about your songs. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully this turns into a thing where we get people asking for original music and in realizing that people are out there playing other songs then and that's the whole hope you know that that's always been our mission you awesome. know not not even as a having a a business but uh, as a musician it's always yeah. been our mission to like support original music promote yeah. original music and uh because there's a wealth of talent in this town i mean there's a good songwriting but a lot of people are just sucked into the i need to pay my bills yeah. i need to make a living and yeah. this is the way to 
the path to make a consistent living. So yeah. um, appreciative of what you're doing to bring a platform for original music. And, well, um, you. W- you know, we're going to um, continue to do that at our place. And, um, awesome. you know, come the new year, I think we talked about it earlier um, the last time you were there, but we're going to start doing um, Monday nights is going to be the night that I'm inviting my singer songwriter friends to come yeah. and play music, hang out, share each other's songs. Awesome. Be accompaniment, you know, have just a family vibe because most people I know that are playing full time usually have Mondays and Tuesdays off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's their weekend. That's their weekend. Yeah. So when I was on that schedule, I'm not a very social person. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I like hanging out with other musicians because usually right. they're awkward and in like antisocial too. So we all feel more comfortable around yeah. each other. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, why don't you come hang out with me on Monday nights and we can play some music awesome. and we can play our songs and we can learn each other's songs and start, you know, being that for each other. So Very we're cool. going to start doing that in January and, and on Monday. So we're going to awesome. You know, we welcome you to come and, and, oh, and participate yeah. and uh, yeah. encourage you to spread the word. So we're going to try to parlay that with you and keep, keep the vibe going of like uh, showing the town that we have in this town. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you never know. We get some, uh, People may want to tap in, sponsor, you know, get involved, and uh, some maybe some record companies in town or producers want to showcase some of their talent that they have under their books. So you never know. Very, very cool, man. Well, thank you so much for coming out. Um, Thanks for having you, me. You want to leave us with one more song? Sure, sure, sure. What you got? Um, I think it would only be appropriate to do the uh, title track. Excellent. All aboard. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for coming out, man. Thank you so much, Eric, for having me. I appreciate it, brother. All right. Well, she stole my heart. I never had a chance. She caught me off guard. I've been chasing her ever since. And so I took that beauty and I made her mine. And we headed out west and we danced until you're right. Uh-huh. With all aboard, here we go Where it leads, we just don't know But all we need is faith, some love, and a little hope Well, we made it back east in record time Had the winds at our backs as we got to Caroline We didn't stop until we reached the edge of America Then we put our feet in the sand uh-huh. All aboard, here we go Where it leads, we just don't know But all we need is faith, some love, and a little love What I did to win your love Oh, but honey, I'll hold you close Ooh, baby, when things get rough And you know that we're all aboard Here we go Where 
Chasing her ever since. All right. That was Scotty Oliver, folks. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I did participating in it. Be sure to come out to Freehouse Brewery on January 23rd from 2 to 5 p.m. to see Scotty, Dan Riley, and Chris Dodson play their songs. Until then, I always appreciate going on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the like. Songs of the Unsung. You can go to songsoftheunsung.com to link to all that. Always appreciate all the likes and shares and subscribes you have to offer. Until next time, thanks a lot.